we've got uh, two big series coming up this weekend for both South Carolina and Clemson. Let's start with the Tigers. They've got Boston College this weekend. What are the Eagles bringing to the table? We keep hearing about this good pitching they've got. Well, who'd you hear that from? You. I never said joke. that. It's a I joke. Say, I've, I've got a surprise for you. It's a joke. Surprise over here. It's not good. You ain't watched Boston College this year. You didn't know. I have watched you know Boston College. You know it's bad. You know it's bad. It's a joke. It's bad. It's a joke. Uh, Boston College, <laughs> uh, you know, I think, was ranked top 25 a week or so ago. Uh, 12 and 7 overall. They're 3 and 6 in the ACC, yeah. like Clemson. And I was going back over, looking at their schedule. And I think the last time we had spoke uh, really about them on air was probably a couple of weeks ago when they went on the road and played Auburn in that crazy game where they came back and beat them 11 to 9 right. in 10 innings. Since then, they beat Maine in a midweek game, got swept by Louisville. Beat Holy Cross 18 to 12 in a midweek game. Lost two out of three to North Carolina, and then on uh, Wednesday beat Mary Mack 10 to nine. So it's been a little bit of a struggle since the last time that we've, we've spoken about them. So Boston College. Let me let me. I guess I'll start with the the good news for Boston College. What have they been good at? It's the hitting they've been pretty good right. at. Uh, hitting 285 as a team on base uh, at 383. So almost near 40 percent over here. Uh, you look at their starting lineup here. Now, all these guys I'm reading off to you have, have pretty much played every single game. So the, these numbers I'm going to read off to you are not, hey, they've played half the season and have half as many at-bats, and they just have some hits. Uh, Sal Frelick, 395. Five home runs, 17 RBIs. Now, is he the guy – there was there was somebody who was hitting like 450 for a while who's kind of cooled back off a little bit. It's either know? him or Luke Gold. Luke Gold's the other one, Maybe 359. He's got eight home runs, right. See, that I don't, RBIs. That I don't know. I, one, somebody was hitting well, like almost like a Wes well, Clark-type number has been cooled off. Take, cool your, off take your pick. But I don't know who it is. So I just gave you those two, 395, 359. One's got five home runs, one's got eight. Now, the rest of the team, not a lot of home runs. you got 22 as a team. Those two I just mentioned have 13 of those 22. Uh, Vince Semini, 357. Jack Cunningham, 343. Brian Dempsey, 301. Dante Baldelli, 297. These are guys who are playing every single game for him. So they have seven guys, six, over 300, one close to it. And then it drops down at the bottom. Peter Burns, Chris Galden, 176, 173. So it does drop way off at that point. Very good hitting team. There's two guys you're looking here at the power. I look over at the stolen bases, a lot of stolen bases. They got 27 stolen bases already, a couple of guys off the bench. Heck, even in their lineup now that I look at it, everybody has three, four stolen bases. So this is an offense, puts up a lot of runs. They can hit, they can get on base. Only two guys, though, Luke Gold and Sal Frelick, who are the or the power guys here. One's got eight, one's got five. Luke Gold's got 27 RBIs already. But you look through the rest of this lineup, Jack Cunningham, 343, 14 RBIs. Brian Dempsey, 301, 14 RBIs. Guys, this team can hit. Now, you're probably saying 12 and 7, 3 and 6 in the ACC. What could be the problem? The problem is pitching. It is horrible. The guy with the lowest ERA on the team, you want to guess it? The lowest ERA on this team is 3.12. You're probably looking at it. You cheated. Nope. It is 3.12. No, it's not. I'm dead serious. Look, look I'm reading this story about soccer and. and Getting set up for here for Florida. You looked at my notes. I did that. not. You did. Total guess. They have a team Listen, ERA. Listen, I make fun of myself enough and rip myself apart enough to know that when I actually get something right, I'll tell you. Where's Freddie Freeman resigning? Come on, you're hot. Braves. All right, good. 
It's been spoken. We're all safe. We're all good now. Everybody can relax a little bit. <laughs> totally not going to go home and cry. All right. Uh, I see I have some questions for you about Boston College here in a second. Uh, pitching ERA of 5.82 as a team. You go look. I'm looking for their starters here. Emmett Shannon. Uh, one of their weekend starters, three and two with a five thirty three ERA. Right. Uh, Mason Piloe, five uh, f- two and three with a five six three, and Joe Veterano uh, with a six point five two ERA. Joey Ryan's another guy they try on the weekends. He's ERA is near six. All these guys that I just listed. Let me see if I can find it here real quick. Uh, hitting two twenty off of him, two forty seven, three forty one. Okay, so two of the starters. It's around two fifty average. Mm-hmm. But this team's giving up usually about a two ninety batting average. Against 16 home runs, not bad, but the pitching has been horrible on this team. As Ryan Clary just guessed correctly, the lowest ERA is 3.12. Crush that. Of a bullpen guy. Every guy that I look on here with 20 innings or more has an ERA well into the fives. And listen, I just mentioned it to you when I showed. Go back and look at some of these losses that they've had or some of these games they've had here recently. So Louisville, not terrible. They got swept. Gave up 7, 5, and 8. Right. Uh, Holy Cross, you gave up 12. North Carolina, you gave up. Uh, nine and five in those two losses. Merrimack this week, uh, you gave up nine and a barely win there. So they've got two guys high ERAs in this rotation, but still 220 and 250 batting average against. That's a, a little bit of a concern with Clemson because they can get people on. They just can't get them in. So how much are you depending on the home run ball this year? I'm looking at the, looking at it right now. Most of their starters only giving up one or two home runs. So they're not giving up a whole lot of home runs. And it's an offense that you look at, as I mentioned, Puts the ball in play. They get on base. It, it's it's the best offense Clemson's probably faced at this point besides maybe a South Carolina. What about their speed? How often do they run? Uh, how aggressive is this team on the base Like I said, 36 attempts, 27 steals. Cool. And it's, Pretty it's, good. it's balanced throughout. I mean, yep. the lineup right here, four out of six, two and two, two and two, three and four, one out of three, two and three. So when they try to steal... They're pretty obviously successful about it, but there's not one guy in particular. Uh, I think what's the uh, they got three guys who have four stolen bases: Sal Freilich, uh, Chris Gallen, who's one of the guys hitting a buck seventy-three. So when the guy gets extra on, he actually steals a base. And then they've got uh, actually, I think this is the guy actually, Cody Morissetti. I think he was the one everybody was talking about could be a potential first round pick now that I'm actually seeing his name he's been in 12 games he's hitting 277 four stolen bases three home runs eight RBIs they've got him listed on the bench here so I imagine he comes in and plays probably for somebody I know everybody else here is pretty much starting all the games that they've played so you've got him added on there as well this is like I said easily the best offense Clemson has faced this season sure there you go. That's Boston College for you. Uh, the Clemson Tigers take on Boston College on the road. Isn't that right? This is at Boston College. Uh, Boston College. Uh, what do you think? What do you think this weekend? Uh, going into this weekend, you know, I think there's 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 really one thing that comes to mind. We did this with Clemson football in the middle of their regular season. Remember they were struggling to run the football? And they played, who was it? It was Syracuse in the middle of the year. And we went, my God, if you can't run on these guys, then this is really a problem. And they didn't. And we went, this is really a problem. Mm-hmm. And it looked like that way the rest of the year. Okay. So the offense for Clemson has been a little bit better of late. You're not sitting here hitting, you know, 048 with runners in scoring position. The other night against Georgia, I get it, it's Georgia Southern. But you're hitting big home runs. You give up a run in the ninth to tie it up. You get a walk-off home run. That's the things that Clemson's done under Monty Lee and his five-plus years of being the head coach there. Okay. I go in this weekend. One of the things that I left last weekend with when they played Virginia Tech was a little positivity you went. 
all right, you're still trying to figure out your rotation, but I look at this lineup and you're trying to find six or seven guys. The talent's so out there. You've got plenty of guys like Kira Merritt and Dylan Brewer who've proven in the past that they can hit. You're going at some point, it's going to click. You're going to have six or seven guys hitting this lineup. All right, it's got to happen this weekend. Right. I just read to you the pitching numbers. They're terrible. If you can't hit this weekend, if Kira Meredith and Dylan Brewer can't get back on track, if Elijah Henderson can't get a couple of hits, if Briar Hawkins, you know, can't get a couple of hits this weekend, you're just not going to hit at all yeah. this year. It can't get any easier than this. Problem is, you ain't figured out your weekend rotation, and you're going up against an awesome lineup. So I think, listen, I don't like either one of these teams to sweep the other. Somebody's going to win two out of three. I'm going to say Clemson two out of three for one simple fact. Even though they're sitting at nine and nine and it's been a struggle, what's one thing that has been great for them this year? Bullpen. Yeah. And so I, I kind of look at it where I think Friday, you're probably going Mac Anglin, Matt Clark, and if it all sets up Jeffrey Gilbert like you did this past Friday to try to win that game. So I like Clemson to win on Friday, and I like for them to win on Sunday. Probably going to see a couple of high-scoring games this weekend. I expect – I've mentioned them a couple times. I expect Kira Meredith and Dylan Brewer to not have 0 for 8 combined between them games this week. I think both of them will be will get back to looking like Kira Meredith and Dylan Brewer. And hopefully somebody else, Caden Grice has been yeah. hitting fairly well. Hopefully somebody else down inside that lineup can begin to hit. Adam Hackenberg's just back. Maybe Jonathan French cut the strikeouts down a little bit. I like Clemson to score some runs this weekend, and I'll go with the All Tigers right. taking two out of three. Let me give you 10 minutes on South Carolina before we go to break. Uh, they'll take on the Florida Gators this week. Florida... 16 and 5 overall. Uh, they just swept Texas A&M uh, this past weekend. Now, this is not your typical Texas A&M uh, that you're going to see, uh, you know, in a lot of years with your top 10, top 15, but they still are coming off a sweep. Here's something that's interesting, though. They've played, they've had a game at Florida State and at North Florida, and that's it. Everything else has been at home. This is the first conference road. This is the first road series for the Florida Gators this year. They're 15 and four at home and three and zero in the conference. What they do well is pitch. Anthony, give me the team ERA for Boston College real quick. Uh, Five eighty two. Florida's is three point five zero. Florida could pitch. Now, and even in some of the games, remember, they lost that series to Miami. They got whipped up by Florida State a little bit. They've lost some games, but they can absolutely pitch. Tommy Mace is their ace. He's absolutely tremendous. He's 4-0 on the season. He's thrown 30 innings. He has 42 strikeouts to four walks. This is what they do. I mean, they're incredible on the mound. Uh, Jack Lefwich will go on Saturday. He's 4-0. Uh, he's got a better ERA of 1.71. Uh, Leftwich, again, 31 and two-thirds innings, 29 strikeouts to nine walks. This is a team that knows how to pitch. Uh, Hunter Barco uh, has been going uh, a lot on Sundays, 38 strikeouts to six walks. This, this team strikes you out. This team doesn't give up a lot of runs, uh, and they're very, very impressive on the mound. Where they have been a little disappointing uh, is at the plate. Now, Colby Halter, if you haven't seen him hit, he's tremendous, and Nathan Hickey is a phenomenal hitter. Uh, they've got some really good hitters on this team who draw a lot of walks. They've drawn 96 walks um, and struck out 161 times. That's a, it's a, it's pretty good. The strikeouts are a little high, but 96 walks through 21 games is pretty doggone good. If you do the math on that you're really looking almost five walks per game or, or close to it just under it so 
They've done a really nice job uh, getting on base. They're hitting 302 as a team, but they've been a little disappointing at the plate. Um, with We all thought this would be a team that, especially through some non-conference games, would be hitting more like 340. They've been a little disappointing there. If you've never seen Judd Fabian hit, he either hits home runs uh, or he strikes out a little bit. He, he leads the team with 29 strikeouts, but he also leads the team with eight home runs and 23 RBIs. It's all or nothing with him. So this is a team, though, that once again has elite pitching. Uh, it is 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 pitching as good as you've seen. Their col- their closer Franco Almi Almen. I think I'm saying that, na- that name right. Has actually given up more runs than a lot of people thought he would. So it's it's been a little hit or miss for those guys. I kind of thought early they were buying into their own hype. But Anthony, this is another outstanding pitching staff. Tommy Mace is going to be a high draft pick. Jeff, Jack Leftwich is going to be a high draft pick. They've got several guys in their bullpen. Christian. Scott, who have been tremendous so far. ERA's under two. Um, Brandon Sporat, ERA under two through eight appearances. Several guys with the ERA's in the twos as well. Uh, This is a team who can flat out pitch. They don't give up a lot of runs. Again, if you go back and look, they had the game against Florida State, but it was a midweek game that they lost. They had the weird game on a Friday where Mace didn't pitch well. They gave up uh, and it didn't throw that much. Gave up 10 runs to Jacksonville. But look at this. Two runs, one run, no runs, one run, no runs, two runs, four to A&M, four runs, one run, four runs. They don't give up a lot of runs. And South Carolina's lineup once again is going to be tested this weekend. South Carolina takes two out of three how well it's one of the things they've announced is pretty interesting so they're going far friday jordan on saturday and they're going tba and mark kingston came out and said no we think bossick's done a really good job but with the performance you just got out of brett carey if we don't use him as much the first two games he acknowledged we may go start him because of what he just did five and a third 10 k's no walks so they may run him out there and go you know, listen, if he hadn't thrown, then we're going to throw him. Now, if he throws a lot on Friday and Saturday and they are split or get two wins, then Bossick's going to turn around and run and go on Sunday. But they've just said with what Brett Carey just did, we don't want to announce Bossick as a starter because if he hadn't thrown in the first two games, we're going to throw him a lot of meaningful innings and you don't want to fall behind big like they did against Vanderbilt and use him. It happened to work out that time, but that may not happen every time. So because of what Brett Carey did, they're not going to go. For them to win... Two out of three. Farr's got to go again. He's got to be that good again. And I would say Brennan Jordan's got to give you at least five and be on. And if you can get really good starts out of Farr and out of Jordan, that's going to give you a chance to split uh, the first couple of games against the top arms for Florida and have a chance on Sunday to have an entire staff. Andrew Peters, Will Sanders can go then. Bosnick, Brett Carey, whatever the case may be. Maybe not Carey if they're in the first two games. But you've got to have really, really good starts again from Farr and Jordan, the same thing they did against Texas. They just didn't get the big hit. The same thing they did against Vanderbilt. They just didn't get the big hit on Friday. You know, they had a chance to split. They had a chance to take the series. If you go back and look, they win on Sunday. They lose on Saturday. Friday, it's tied very late in that ball game. They just didn't get the big hit against Vanderbilt's bullpen. They'll have to do that again, get really good starts out of both those guys to have a chance to split on the first two days. Opposite end, South Carolina gets swept. Big deal? No deal? It's a big deal because you never want to get swept. 
but it's it's kind of the the last straw of it. That's again, that's an overstatement. If you get swept, you kind of go, okay, you've gone through the gauntlet. You're one and five. At least you're not zero oh and six. Okay, time to go win a couple series in a row. Go like now. You're now the Georgia series is huge. Now you go. Okay, now now you really got to go get it. If you lose two out of three and you're two and four, you can go. Okay, let's play two of the top five teams in the country, and now let's go take two or three here against Georgia, and we're in really good shape. The, the NCAA RPI came out. South Carolina's 15th. It's going to go up this weekend if they don't get swept. So, okay, there's no shame in that. But if you get swept, you have to go, all right, maybe we've got to tweak a few things or two here, and now the pressure is really on against Georgia and Missouri. You've got, you've got to win at least four, and you may even need to sweep one to make sure you stay back on track a little bit because what you don't want to do is hover two two or three games under 500 and then go on the road and go, you get swept, then you're, you're going to win 11 or 12 games, and you're in trouble. So you're just kind of staying where you need to stay right now. Uh, by at least take one. Now, I think they've got a chance to win two. Let's see how Florida does away from home a little bit. Remember, their two road games, North Florida and Florida State, they haven't left the state. All right, let's see how they do leaving the state a little bit. Again, there's not a full capacity, but there'll still be fans in the stands cheering against them. Let's see how they do under pressure. Um, I think South Carolina's got a, I'll put it this way, they've got a better chance to win two this weekend than they had last weekend. I had them at no chance to win two, and daggone, they were, they were really close to doing it. I think they've got a chance. Florida's still favored, and they should, and I'm going to take Florida to win this series, but I think South Carolina may be right there with them. All right, so you're projecting... Florida, Florida to take two out of three again. Florida two out of three, but I do think at least two of the games are going to be really close, really good, well-played games. South Carolina continues to play good baseball right now, and I don't see any reason why they won't this weekend. And if you look in the future and tell me Florida doesn't win two out of three, it's a different result. I'd say, okay, well, South Carolina wins two out of three. I'd so say it's closer to that. Right. I don't think so. I don't think so this weekend. All right. South Carolina on track. They're, South Carolina is still fine. They're okay. They're okay. We'll see what happens. So boy, they're going to face a really good, deep pitching staff again this weekend. Better than what they just saw? No. Nothing will be better than what they just saw. Vanderbilt is the best pitching staff in the country. So they said they might take the other show up. Now, nah, this ain't nothing. <laughs> yeah. See them guys last weekend? We got two hits today, man. <laughs> we got two. Hey, you guys are nothing. Let's hit a break. Uh, we'll come right back. Go over our top stories. We'll talk to Drew here from Impex Pre-Owned. Smitty's going to take the last segment today. We're going to let you know kind of what's coming up tonight weather-wise in our county. Uh, it could get real, real, really nasty tonight. We want to make sure you're prepared. This is Open Mic. Ricky's Drive-In West and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway are your go-to stops for chili dogs, cheeseburgers, and so much more. Right now, all combos are just $6, and all kids' meals are just $3. And it's easier than ever to take advantage of these deals with their convenient drive-thru. Do you have a big appetite or several mouths to feed? Ask for the drive-thru special. Ten hot dogs, a large fry, and a gallon of tea for just $22.99. Ricky's Drive-In West on Blackstock Road and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway. The drive-thru is open. 
it. Hey, everybody. This is Tyler Sugar. I want to say thanks to our guest, Coach Todd Stillman, for joining us this morning to talk NCAA tournament. Join me tomorrow morning on Bump and Run as we'll be live at McDonald's and Gaffney on East Frederick Street to talk limestone athletics and a lot of high school baseball right here on Bump and Run 7 to 9 a.m. on Fox Sports 1400 and on FM at 98.3 and on the Fox Sports 1400 app. Gary, why are you in a dumpster? Do you know what's in here? Yeah, E. coli. Payroll forms, performance reviews, strategy reports. It's like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Man, whoever threw all this out is in trouble. Yeah, but that's our dumpster, Gary. Oh, that's not good. Danger. What you put in garbage and recycling bins can create a nightmare for your business. Shred its document and hard drive destruction services keep confidential information confidential. Call 877-63-SHRED today and get up to 25% off your first service. Shred it. We protect what matters. If your car breaks down or you're in a wreck, who are you going to call? The answer to that question is TCB Towing. TCB Towing has nearly 25 years' experience offering top-notch towing and other record services, including jump starts, lockouts, and winch outs. TCB Towing can tow any vehicle you drive, cars, pickups, motorcycles, RVs, even tractor trailers. TCB Towing offers towing seven days a week and with a fleet of trucks won't leave you waiting on the side of the road. TCB Towing services are covered by most insurance companies. So next time you find yourself stranded, remember TCB Towing with locations in Spartanburg and Greenville. 582-7600-582-7600. This hour of open mic is presented by Carolina Driveline. For all your drive shaft needs, call Carolina Driveline today at 742-3848. When it's hot, and it's hot, there's only one thing better than water. Ice. And Spartanburg Water has twice the ice with 12 convenient ice houses located around the county. Twice the ice is affordable. Get a 10-pound bag for $1.50 or a 16-pound bag or 20-pound bulk for just $2. Twice the ice is never touched by human hands, never stored in a warehouse, and uses local water. And it's available 24 hours a day using cash, credit, or debit card. To find the Twice the Ice location near you, visit SpartanburgWaterIce.org. Keep it here all baseball season long for the Braves, Gamecocks, and just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Just a bit outside, presented by Phillips and Lawing Fuel of Chesney, has a new day and time. All four. Anthony Greer and Jordan Farrell will recap all the action on the diamond after the Gamecocks wrap on Sundays. All eight. Right here on your home for local baseball coverage. Why, how can these guys lay off pitches that close? Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Are you getting married or maybe you just got married and your fiance or your wife hates your toy collection? Don't just throw away all those years of hard work you put in to collect those things. Take them to Toy Federation in Greer and get money for them. That's right. Toy Federation of Greer will pay you for your old toys. Whether it's G.I. Joe, Marvel action figures, DC action figures, or Star Wars, Toy Federation is looking for your old toys. Go by and see Ryan and his staff at Toy Federation at 104 Middleton Way in Greer to get cash for your old toys. Visit their Facebook page to see the latest arrivals at Toy Federation in Greer. Founded in 1997, R.J. Rockers is Spartanburg's original brewery and go-to stop in downtown Spartanburg. But R.J. Rockers is so much more than a brewery. It's an entertainment destination with a tap room featuring great food, a weekday hoppy hour, trivia night, live entertainment, and special events throughout the year. Follow Spartanburg's original brewery on social media and rjrockers.com. Back here at Impex Pre-Owned. Go to ImpexPreOwned.com. ImpexPreOwned.com to check out the great selection of cars and trucks at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway. Come out here tomorrow. Guys, they want to buy your car or truck. If you want to make some money, you want to sell your car or truck, Impex Pre-Owned wants to buy it. If you've got something to sell, come here to Asheville Highway. Impex Pre-Owned in Boiling Springs. Got a note for you real quick. 
I am wondering if there is some COVID going through Clemson's baseball club right now. Jackson Lindley will start on Friday for the Tigers. Keyshawn Askew will go on Saturday, TBA on Sunday. Davis Sharp was scratched, not in it. Mac Anglin, not, pit, not starting. Don't know if he's available or not. Matt Clark, expected to still be there, still not starting. What do you think about that real Jackson quick? Jackson Lindley. Jackson Lindley. On a Friday? To start on Friday. Uh, Boston College sweeps. <laughs> oh, no. Changing, changing my pick real quick. You wonder if something's going on. Smitty, are you hearing anything here? Jackson case, Lindley. Did you have to report that? I, that with COVID? No. Yeah, something something may be going on, and uh, and then it's you know as, as sometimes we see you go Johnny Holstaff on a Saturday or Sunday. Maybe Clemson's being forced for one reason or another to do that on a Friday night. That he'll be an opener, he'll be a raised style opener, and then you just start rolling. Who, who did? Who, what is the announcement on Saturday and Sunday? Anglin and ask you on Saturday. No, Mac England's not there. A- a- ask you on Saturday and TBA on Sunday. Davis uh, Sharp was scratched last week. Yep. It, it, if it was an injury, they would talk about it. They're not. No one's talking no one's about talking. COVID. Nope. I, I I think there may be some COVID running through this pitching staff. At well, and you've seen I, it love close at Presbyterian. Exactly what damage that yep. can can cause. Not only oh not only because of the game, as as you've pointed out, you might want to tell that story. It's that the guys can't even be throwing right now, and they won't. Be, in other words, if you've got with COVID, you can't just come back when you're available. Again. Yeah. You can't go. You can't go throw. You're not supposed to be near the facility. You're not supposed to be out. If they catch you out, you have to start over your your uh, what's the word I can't think of your quarantine. You're staying inside, whatever. quarantine. So you're quarantined in. You come back. You have to build your arm back up. Presbyterian College has arms right now that they're now out of COVID protocol, but they're not ready to go pitch in a game or at least not start. PC's been missing their ace now for a while. I think that it looks like there's something going through Clemson right now, honestly, with that baseball team. And no, they won't report it. I want to mention to you guys, too, and it probably comes up, I guess, about every other year. I, I went and looked because Boston College, I know they have turf, and I was kind of thinking, well, I wonder how you know that, that will affect things. And, and Clemson has done well up there in Brighton, Massachusetts, just a, a north of Chestnut Hill where Boston College is. They've done well there. I think it's 7-2 and two their last three trips there. But Here's the part that's kind of interesting for us that watch baseball in the South. It's a thousand seat stadium. Just for context, I think Clemson's what? Doug Kingsmore's what? Around 5,500, 6,000. Founders Park is probably like yeah. seven or 8,000. 80, 82, yep. 8,200. I mean, yep. we're, we're talking a thousand seat stadium for a team in the ACC. I, I, I'm not looking. People shouldn't go out there. It's really cold. I'm not, I'm not suggesting they do. It's just a. It's just the resources are allocated differently when you get that far up north for baseball than they are down here. Just inter- I think uh, I think where Coastal Carolina plays Springs Brooks Stadium, I think that's like a five thousand seat stadium. So that's a that's a Sun Belt team. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what Boston College spends their money on. It ain't allocated to basketball, football, the library. Uh, they ha- are they hanging up another MPC computers bowl yeah. banner. This is Colin Coward. Join Clary Smitty Anthony weekdays after the herd three to six here on Fox Sports fourteen hundred ninety eight three FM. Bill, we are one week away. One week away from the start of Major League Baseball again. Uh, 
barring something crazy last second here, we are expecting a full schedule. You know, you, you circle back for a moment. I, I've really tried, Bill, not to look back. I, I didn't look at where we were one year ago when the NBA shut down. I, I just have no, no desire to look backwards and relive all that depressing nonsense uh, that we were that we had to go through. It was just awful. But part of Major League Baseball, I'm trying to look at more of a celebration here. I just want to kind of get your thoughts on where we are and where the sport is right now heading into what we're sure to have some delays, we're sure to have some hiccups, but baseball really set the tone in the sports world last year of showing when done right, and you got a little bit of money, you can do this right. I just want kind of want to get your thoughts on where the sport is right now heading in to what hopefully should be a full season. Ryan, I think it's in a good good position. I think we're in good good shape. Um, obviously, it kind of mirrors our situation in society, I think. Um, and I don't want to sound like Fauci here, but I mean, we're, we're, we've got people obviously more and more by the day getting the, the, the vaccine. Here in the state of Georgia, starting today, uh, anybody over the age of 16 is eligible. And then I would imagine that's going on. I, I just saw starting Monday in Florida, they're going to do anybody over the age of 18. So so we're wrapping it up. And, and you know, the, the Braves, for example, are, are hoping that they'll have, you know, closer to 100% capacity by by June and, and, you know, maybe even before that if things go well. And, of course, they want that All-Star game to be, to be at, at 100%. I don't know why that's not unrealistic. I mean, I think it is realistic. And and the reason is, you know, um, we we got about 100 days until the All-Star game. Well, and, and again, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know how many people in Georgia, I don't know what the number is per day of how many people are getting vaccinated, but whatever it is, multiply it times 100, and you're going to knock down a lot of people here in the next 100 days for that vaccine, which hopefully will get us closer to where we can have you know, um, herd immunity, and and we're just getting more in a more comfortable state. Um, so that being said, you know the players are getting vaccinated. I don't know how many there are, but the number of the brace players have been vaccinated. I think they're going to feel more comfortable about being around people and not have to be in a bubble as people come in the stadium because you know players love to interact with fans, and and uh, I think that's in sight. So. I know I feel good. I feel good about everything. I, uh, we we have to. I think for sports, we have to take the same approach that I think we should take in society, and that is, look. I mean, for example, I've had both vaccines. I'm still being careful. You know, I'm not being stupid. I'm not saying, oh God, I've got both vaccines. I'm going to go to the mall without a mask on and you know shake everybody and give everybody a hug for crying out loud. I'm, that, I'm trying. That, to- that day's coming though. <laughs> you, I, you'll lead the front. I can see you. You're a you're a mall hugging kind of guy, right, Bill? Oh, oh well, yeah. <laughs> and, and at my age, I'll be walking around the malls to get exercise. So, um, but but you know, you, you just you have to feel that the forward momentum that we have in society is is kind of mirrored by what's going on with with the sport, and to know that that baseball is going to have you know fans to stand starting next week. Um, is is a great thing. So no, I I feel good about it, Ryan. Yeah. I do. I I, I can't wait. Um, can't wait for next week and and hope that we don't have any things that happen that derail that 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 hope. Well, what I don't feel good about is Freddie Freeman not getting a contract extension publicly announced yet. Or, or should I relax a little bit? Or is uh or, or are you surprised that nothing's been announced yet? 
Well, last night, uh, Freddie Freeman did a Q&A with Mark Bowman of MLB.com, and he posted something that's going to scare everybody and will probably become a very big topic on your show, my show, and every other show in the South, and that is that he has not been approached about a contract extension. And that was shocking. You've got to be kidding me. Um, I wish I was. I wish I was. I was I was shocked. And, um, you know, so that's, that's obviously something we got to try to figure out. What the heck's that all about, right? Because that's, that, I mean, shocking. I, I don't even know what else, what other word to use than shocking. And, and so, yeah, I mean, uh, and what scares me about that, Ryan, is in the same article, and it's on AtlantaBrace.com, I encourage people to go look at the Q&A. He talked about how, he is missing his wife and his two new baby boys because they're in California. Freddie's main home now is in California. Freddie's main home now, I think it's about 30 minutes away from Angel Stadium. And Angel Stadium, uh, at the Angels were the team he grew up rooting for. And also, I should remind everybody that after this year, Albert Pujols' money is off the books. So the longer it goes on with the Braves not, not, uh, not uh, extending his contract, the more I'm worried about, well, he's going to just miss that family more and more and think, hell, I can go home, be at the beach, play for my favorite team. Screw this. So I don't know what they're waiting on. Why is his home now in California? Why, why not Atlanta after being an Atlanta Brave all these years? What well, happened I mean, there? Yeah, he's from California, and I think he bought a house and just wanted to be there. And uh, so, I mean, he, he lives in California the all season, and, you know, that's where his father still is, obviously. His grandfather's still there. I mean, they, they're actually with him in Florida right now, uh, helping take care of his son, Charlie. But that's where he's from. And, and you know, he... I guess made a decision. I don't know when that that he, in the off season that was where he was going to be. But uh, yeah, that's what scares me. Uh, when you read that article, you do not get a good feeling about the situation. I'm not uh. saying that Freddie <laughs> has come out and said that. You know, well, I changed my mind. I don't want to be a brave for life because I, there's no doubt in my mind he does. Ryan, he wants to be a brave for life. He he knows he want he, he wants to follow in the footsteps of Chipper Jones. He wants to be a brave for life and go to the Hall of Fame. I don't even have to ask the question. I know. I mean, I just I I know. And therefore, you know, I know what his preference is. But with every passing day, how can he not think more about it? All right. Well, let me ask you this then. Could could there have been a conversation between either Freeman or Freeman's agent and Anthopolis or somebody in the Braves that said, hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to be having twins coming up. You know, I, I'm, let's say this happened in like November or September or December or whatever. We're going to be having twins coming up. I got to focus on this right now. We got to make sure everything's good there. We're going to, we got, we still got COVID going on again, back in October, September, November. Let me get through all this. We'll get going in the season. And once I can make sure everybody's good and we get rolling, I get in baseball mode, then we'll get this going. Is that something you think could have happened? It didn't sound like that from the, from the comments he made in that article. That comment. It sounds like he just simply hasn't been approached. So, again, I hope you're right, but I I, I, I didn't get that impression from reading his comments. Oh, I'll no. Yeah. Now, well, you know, look, I don't know why. I mean, we know Alex and Topless wants him back. Sure. We also know that they're owned by a corporation who doesn't give a crap about them. So that's where our worry is going to come into play. Um, you know, I, but I don't know the answer. I, I don't. I mean, I was... I was actually just shocked when I read that. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Because I, I just have thought any day now we're going to have an announcement. And uh, not if they haven't approached him, we're not. So, But, I, but you know, I, don't, I, I do not think Freddie is the kind that would say, well, if, we're not, if I'm not signed to an extension of my opening day, then we're not talking about it. 
Talking with Bill Shanks, our Atlanta Braves and Georgia Bulldogs insider on the Image Printing Hotline. All right, give me some good news coming out of camp. What's then been the uh, maybe the biggest surprise or the thing you're the most excited about coming out of camp here? Depth, exceptional depth. Tough decisions to make in the last week of who's going to be on this 26-man roster. Uh, the players who are going to not make the team are probably going to be available for the most part. I mean, I don't think all of them will. Some of them will probably become free agents and go somewhere else or try to go somewhere else. But then I think tremendous depth. And, you know, we, we always focus, Ryan, on the 26-man roster that breaks camp. But we have to remember that, you know, most years it doesn't take but a day or two to change that 26-man roster. Right. It's something that happens. So it, it's really about who you have on your team. And I think this when you look at this depth chart, it's a great roster. I mean, I, I, real, I love this roster. Um, I, I had Alex and Tapas on my show the other day, and I said, look, I, I said this earlier in my show, I hope you don't think I'm sucking up to you here, but I love this roster. I do. I, I, I love the rotation. I love the rotation options after the five that are going to be in there. I love the bullpen. I think the bullpen is, is really stacked. Uh, yes, I wish Luke Jackson would go away, but for the most part, I still love the bullpen. <laughs> um, I, I think the uh, – I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm curious about Pache, obviously. I, I, I want to see how good he is. But I, I love the fact that his defense is going to make that team even better defensively. So I, I love the roster. I think they've had a great camp. Uh, knock on wood, there's no injuries that we know of that have been anything significant except for Ender Enciarte's thumb. And he needs to use that to hijack a way out of town or hitchhike a way out of town. Um, but, I mean, I, I, it, it's been a great camp, um, probably because I haven't been down there. It's been a great, great camp. And, I mean, usually you have some things that are being dealt with from injuries, and, and not that I know of. I think yeah. I would have found out about it even if it hadn't been announced uh, just from from people I talk with, and I mean, it's just it's been a great camp. So I mean, I think you know, look, the decisions they've got to make on this bullpen are going to be tough. They're going to be well. Even yesterday, they sent down Jacob Webb. There's no reason Jacob Webb shouldn't be on this roster. The reason he was sent out is because he's got options left. Right. And therefore, they didn't want to to jeopardize losing someone who doesn't have options left, like Grant Dayton, like Luke Jackson. Um, and and that's a shame. But it, again. And this is another thing Alex said on the show the other day that is not a surprise, Ryan, and that is that last year taught him even more. You can never have too much pitching. There you go. What happened with that rotation? And and he knows that. He knows that. And so he, he's trying to keep as much of it as he can, and therefore he had to send down a guy, Jake Webb, who has no business being in the minor leagues. He's a major league pitcher. He's, if he's healthy, he's a big league pitcher. But they don't want to get rid of Carl Edwards, Jr., they got to tell Nate Jones by today whether or not he's going to make the team. He hadn't given up a earned run all spring. Um, they, I mean, they're 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 hell bent on Sean Newcomb somehow making that bullpen. I don't know how it's going to happen because if they do, he's going to have five lefties in that bullpen, which is crazy. But uh, it, it they are they have a ton of decisions to make. They're going to be tough, but they are great decisions. This is not a situation where here we are on March twenty fifth and we're waiting on uh, Alex and Thopless to go get a one more bullpen piece. 
Yeah. He's trying to find ways to keep three on there that he doesn't have room for. Let me ask you this real quick as we wrap up with Bill Shanks, our Atlanta Braves, the Georgia Bulldogs insider. Uh, they sent Kyle Wright down yesterday. Bryce Wilson going to stay up and be the fifth starter until Soroka gets back. Uh, no surprise, especially the way in the season ended last year with the, the epic series against the Dodgers. But let me ask you this. Where are we option-wise, contract-wise on Wilson and Wright? What does that situation look like? They still get options, uh, and uh, they'll both be. They will, Wilson it will will get the first chance when they need the fifth starter, and and he's won the competition. I mean, Wright. I, I think Wright had a good spring. I like what I, I saw. Two or three of Wright starts online, and I I thought he looked good, even though the results. I mean, look, you got a competition. You got one guy with an ERA of one point nine eight. I think was Bryce's numbers, and then the uh, Kyle Wright's number was like five point one four. No, 4.50. Wright, 4.50, and Wilson, 1.98. Guess who's winning the competition? Right, <laughs> right? exactly. I mean, sometimes the stats do dictate what you should do. But I thought Wright pitched well. I, I did. I, I think it's I think it's a shame Kyle Wright's in the minor leagues or will start in the minor leagues and will not be on this roster. But, but again, Ryan, because of what happened last year, it's not like he's thinking, well, you know, I, I don't – we don't have Wright. We're not going to have Wright Wilson in the rotation for most of the year. So screw him. Let's trade him for a prospect, or let's trade. For tra- what are you going to trade him for? I mean, really, what are you going to trade him for? Um, I mean, if they say tomorrow you want to DH, then you might think, well, is there an outfielder available I could trade him for? But uh, there's no indication that's coming from that idiot. So, so what are you what are you going to trade him for? So, because of what happened last year. I don't think Alex Anthopoulos and Brian Sticker are looking at it as a five-man rotation. I think they're looking at it as an eight. I think they're looking yeah. at it as, look, we got to have Wilson and Wright and Enoa, who they're hell-bent also, to use that word twice in one segment, on on being a starter, which I don't agree with, um, as being the six, seven, and eight men in the rotation. In other words, being being available if needed. And, and again, that scars from last year. But you know what? I don't blame them. I mean, what happened last year, you, you always go into a season, you always pray that you don't have any team, South Carolina football, Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Braves, any, anybody. You don't have an injury play gear because it can happen. Oh, right? yeah. It can happen. Atlanta Braves had that last year and got to within 12 outs of the World Series. <laughs> and, and they had A.J. Minter starting game five of the LCS to try to clinch the pennant. <laughs> you know? So when you look back on that, it's like, all right, you, you can't blame anybody for having as much depth as possible. And that's what they have. I mean, it's impressive. I don't know who the hell else in the National League has. I mean, all the Dodgers have guys like Wilson Wright and Enoa where if you need somebody, I mean, we're, we're not talking about Robbie Erlin and, and uh, Tommy Malone here. We're Thank talking God. about with, with legit pitchers who, again, I mean, look, Alex fell in love with Drew Smiley. He pinpointed him early on. He wanted to bring him in. Then he wanted to bring in Charlie Morton. I'm not going to holler about that, okay? Uh, because, look, you could say, even with A.J. Mitchell doing well in Game 5 last year, would it have been an easier track to get a fourth win in that series of the Dodgers if we'd have had Drew Smiley or Charlie Morton in our rotation compared to what the heck they had. No doubt. And if, sure. So, I, I, you know, I'm not going to fault him for that, but it costs two guys who I think are ready to stick in a big league rotation the chance to get those kind of innings. And therefore, you know, uh, it's just a situation. It's unfortunate for them because they're probably a little frustrated. They're probably, they're probably thinking, I mean, if Bryce Wilson does well in his two, three starts, He's going to the minor leagues, Ryan, because Mike Soroka's coming back. Yep. 
That's and right. that's not an easy situation to put a kid in. But they have no choice. But what what are they supposed to do? Trade him just because he, he, he can't? I mean, they're they're trying to make them win, not to make it the best for the player. So, but these are good problems to have. Believe me, I, there have been many March twenty fifth where I've been down there at spring training, where we've been saying, "Oh God, what what's going to happen?" You know, Dan Kolb's the closer. Oh well, they go get Chris Beatsmore or June Bong. I mean, we don't we're not having those kind of conversations this year. These 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 are how. How good could this team be with this roster that they are putting together? Good stuff. Bill Shanks, appreciate your time. I can't wait. Talk to you next week on opening day. I'm with you. I can't wait. Thank you so much.